Hello and welcome to episode 794 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, March 16th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I have two guests with me. My co-host, Justin Mason and Nick Pollock. Gentlemen, how's it going? It's going What's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> one let the other one, we're on you know, video, so one told the other to go, and uh, each each told the other to go, and then they went at the same time. That was perfect. The, you the, know, this the, is uh, this is the last time I do that for you, Mason, just so you know. Yeah, no. Last time. We are so thrown off by the events going on in the world <laughs> that we can't even figure out whose turn it is to talk while we're looking <laughs> right? at each other. Oh, man. Yeah, because you guys do video. I'm so happy you do video when I'm here. Yeah, only when you're here. Yes, yes. Um, you know, the one thing, obviously we know it's a really difficult situation. Sports are kind of the lowest on the, uh, on the agenda, but it has, you know, sports have been devastated by this, but there's so much more that matters more, but with people being inside and, and looking for escapes, pods are, pods are still going. Pitcher list is still going. Fan graphs is still going. Nick's going to be playing MLB the show. Like, <laughs> We're going to keep y'all entertained with as much baseball-related stuff as we can, even though we don't have real baseball. And we're not going to for a while. Remember that hilariously adorable like April 9th number that they originally came out with? That's been blown out of the water. Get out of here with all of that. Um, now we're looking at what, – what, what, what do you guys realistically think? Nick, I'll start with you. What, what do you realistically think for a start date? Oh, man. I, I mean, July 4th if we're lucky? Yeah, I was thinking the right. absolute best case feels like, so, and and it, I don't even think I should say because it it's not even really realistic, but it would be like things completely turn around somehow and Memorial Day maybe, but that feels right. even super aggressive at this point. I do think June, July. Uh, Justin, what what would what would you say is like your your best case scenario at this point? Our best case scenario, I think, is June first. Uh, but I honestly am preparing for the worst. I, I think mm-hmm. there is a reasonable chance that this season doesn't happen, and that is brutal for all of us uh, that have spent time, money, effort. Uh, obviously, it's not the biggest issue <laughs> when it comes to this stuff, but uh, I just don't know that things are going to get better fast enough where it makes sense to play a season. I mean, are we going to have a World Series in December? That that seems a, unlikely. A new, neutral site. I mean, it could work. Um, it yeah. would be very bizarre, but obviously. And then in, you'd have to do a lot of neutral site stuff in November, though, too. Right, you can't exactly. play a game in Detroit. Uh, not that they're necessarily going to, uh, you know, if that if that's when the if the playoffs are in November, Detroit's not an option, obviously. But but even New York, Boston, like, yeah, you're not you're not playing up there in in on November fifteenth. So uh, I can't even fathom the planning uh, with all of this. So it, it, it's crazy. I mean, we'll say this: the MLB will figure out. You know, if there is a situation and say, hey, we can start playing the start of July, they will. They, the very last option is that there isn't a season. Um, and I do think that they'll do everything in their power if they are given some okay. It's just about, I mean, even if it starts in August, they'll do something. I really do feel like they would do something in that time um, just because there's so much money to be made yeah. um, with it. And, and so much uh, it to is, be lost. Yeah. I mean, you gotta right. think, what, I don't even know what this does to TV contracts. Oh, I mean, uh, you know, which is the main of source of revenue. Concessions, you know, gates. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's We're going to be hindering it. Really wild time, um, but uh, but yeah, as you were saying, sport, we're all still going to be doing stuff. 
Yep. I I can't believe I'm actually going to play the show tomorrow. That's awesome. That's awesome. I've never and never done any of it. I do our best to keep y'all entertained uh, with everything. Justin's very jealous that uh, he does not have a PlayStation 4. Maybe a GoFundMe for Justin to get a PS4. That's the most it's, important It's not thing a right money now. issue, unfortunately. It's a wife likes to hold things over my head issue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it doesn't want me distracted from responsi- responsibilities around the house well, and things like that. So I mean, okay, so you know, keep doing your dad, dad and husbandly duties, but your your work duties are certainly curbed, you know. Um, so there is some time for. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Danielle, there is some time to be carved out for some MLB. <laughs> Plus, he never sleeps. Let the man play some video games when he's not <laughs> sleeping anyway. But wait, uh, so, so go ahead. You never play the show either, right? I have not played a video game since my eldest was like a newborn. Like she was like small enough where I could like put her in the little seat or swing thing, and she'd sleep, and I'd like play Madden. Um, so but that was nine years ago. On the same level here of just never playing this. Yeah. I would be it would be so entertaining instead of like me going at score the first yeah. day or something and then it's just like me and Mason just both struggling together. It's it's hard. <laughs> like I can imagine, yeah. One of the big things about MLB the show and and their ability to capture new folks is that it's tough. Like baseball games are tough cuz you don't want to make it too easy um cuz then it's not really that fun. Uh, but and you don't want to make it too hard and like you don't really want it to replicate a 95 mile per hour per hour fastball on a video screen or else you'd never catch up to it. So you got to right, find right. that balance. And, uh, you know, they, they battle with that a lot because there's the studs that want the ball to be a blur. They don't even want to see it because they're so good. Right. They could hit it. And then there's everybody else. It's like, okay, slow do down they, there. We got to be they have see. settings for that. Do they like have in like, yes, well, they have difficulty settings one? like all over the place, especially when you're playing offline against the computer, but then online it scales up as you go. Like the oh, rank seasons is, is taking your nine yeah, nine inning games mono and mono. That's like the the core of of the game. Yeah. As you move up in rating, the the difficulty gets more difficult. So they don't you know, have it, like a T ball version that. Like, well, they, I mean, they're not a T. But the very first game that you would play in, in the ranked seasons mode is is pretty easy. Like it's pretty slow. You're um. Hey, you're don't play- say that because <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna lose. It's like <laughs> you're gonna lose. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to hear it. <laughs> so it's really hard from day one. So if you lose, don't feel bad. <laughs> no, it, it's going to be great watching you play. It's a lot of fun. Obviously, you having uh, baseball experience, you know, you played through college. Uh, that will that will help. Like, they're, you know, having knowledge of the game and understanding, there there is benefit to that. Um, but it's going to be fun. There's a, there's going to be a learning curve, especially if you're playing online. We'll if you're playing see. against a computer, I think you'll you'll get the curve pretty quickly. But once you kind of hit into the online game, it's a, it's a different bird for sure. Right. But I'm well, excited I'm to see it. it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll get you on Twitch there and twitch.tv slash yep. we'll PitcherList. I'll be taking you down in um, uh, years. Looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm not I'm not great. I'm a thousand years old, but I'm 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 capable. I can hang. I can hang. But we yes. are going to talk Tout Wars because the Tout Wars draft yes. did go off. We didn't get to meet up in New York, obviously. It wouldn't have been the prudent thing to do. So uh, we moved it all online, and all the drafts went off, including Justin's NL. And Nick, your your foray into Tout Wars began with a head-to-head auction that I was in as well. Yeah, I got to actually be in the true draft with you, Spore. It was um, great. Super fun. I 
still incredibly honored to be a part of it. Um, we'll talk about my picks later, but all I'll say is that my very first player was Bryce Harper, and now he is forever attached to me. Not so, a bad first player, man. Not a bad so, first ever player uh, to have in, in Tal Wars. Justin, let's talk about your NL team. Um, 12 team NL, right? 12 teams? Yeah, 12 team NL only. OBP instead of average. Correct. Uh, they do a weird thing where there's only four outfield slots and a swing position, which can be a pitcher or a hitter. Yes, which is cool. It's interesting. It's a n- neat little quirk. And then um, and then there was a rule change this year that, that had some impact as well. Uh, yeah, there was. Um, I don't think very many people were aware of it. I, I was aware of it. I didn't. It did not play into my strategy per se. Uh, but it, they eliminated the hitting and pitching minimums uh, this year in the five by five leagues. Uh, and the reason for that was they didn't want the winner of Tout Wars, uh, a Tout Wars league, to be decided by someone not making the innings requirement and, and at the yeah at the very end it moves everybody's ratio and whip numbers right well and last year in one of the leagues uh in i believe it was al uh a player who will remain nameless um was at risk of not making the innings requirement and so he made a trade uh to uh, acquire starters that for a lot of the other it changed the direction of the league uh, in terms of who could pretend, who was going to win, uh, and people were very upset about it. But there's also a rule in Tout Wars that uh, if you're under a certain total points in in the rotisserie points uh, number, you lose fab for mm-hmm. the next year. So yes. you, if you finish mm-hmm. too low, you're not going to have as much fab as everybody else to kind of keep people engaged. And so Absolutely. this player made a trade which benefited him in the long term uh, to help this other player. The benefited in him in the short term. So it's not collusion uh, because this both players were trying to benefit themselves, uh, but it definitely changed the direction of the league. Or I, I don't want to say it definitely did because I, I, I'm not 100% remembering exactly how it finished out, but I believe the player he traded with uh, ended up winning the league. People were very upset, and so they eliminated those uh, requirements. However, not everybody was aware. There was discussion of it, but it wasn't formally announced. It was in the rules uh, posted on toutwars.com, but so a lot of people weren't uh, aware of it, and Mike Gianella in the AL did not draft a starter because of it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a that's a big change there. And so now, um, you know, there's some discussion about it, but it was there, and, you know, you said you knew about it, so you were paying attention, but um, that is kind of interesting. Now... How viable do you think the strategy is to go with with no starters and uh, and and, tr- and try to make it work? Do you think it's something where Mike's going to do that all year, or he did it to save draft capital and then he's going to finagle in season? I mean, I think you you could be so far behind in strikeouts and wins. Now, if we have a shortened season the way it looks like we might, and we're only playing eighty games, he won't be that far behind. True. And so he could make a trade, and I don't know if that went into Mike's rationale. I haven't read his article or listened to the Baseball HQ uh, podcast where it was discussed, uh, I believe it was. Um, but to double punt, you know, punt two categories, it means you pretty much have to win every other category to win a, win the league. How, how's that offensive is looking? 
it's, is it disgusting? I have, like I said, I haven't even looked at his team. I, I just oh, okay. know. Yeah, I just you know weren't in happened. the AL. Just no, so no. Well, I'll talk to Jason on Sunday about his draft and kind of in. Uh, okay. Yeah, you'll get and all that. that. So, but from a strategy perspective, I mean, you literally have to win every other category. I mean, you have mm-hmm. to you have to get the most amount of points in order to uh, to to compete in the league. Uh, Mike is a super smart player. He's won Tout and Labor, I believe, in the same year uh, before. So, like, dude knows what he's doing. Uh, so, and I, I love seeing strategies like this. It reminds me of when in your guys's head to head points league a few years ago when the the uh, the scoring was different. I, me spending two hundred dollars on pitching because I, I felt like there was a loophole uh, in, mm-hmm. in the game, and I think that this is a really interesting strategy. And I, part of me wishes I had done something similar. Yeah, I like trying different things out to see if you can you can win a different way. Um, you know, and and you mentioned how good of a player Mike is. He's an incredible player, so he's not doing it just to do it. He's not doing it for attention. Dude knows what he's doing, and so. I'm really eager to see how that plays out. But let's talk National League because that's the league that you were in. And uh, what was your game plan going in before we get into some specific players? I didn't necessarily have a set game plan. There were definitely players I knew I wanted to target. Uh, and especially when we get to like the pitching, uh, I wanted. I, I originally wanted to get guys that I felt were going to maybe get a little bit of benefit from a potentially shortened season. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, like Josh Hader, I, I spent, uh, you know, quite a bit of money to acquire him because I feel like uh, in a shortened season, he could, the amount of innings he throws as a reliever could be just so many, so much more than the rest of the relievers on the market. And I feel like that really bumps up his value. Uh, but for the most part, I was looking for deals. Uh, NL Tout Wars, traditionally, uh, people don't spend as much on closers or pitching in general. Uh, and then uh, people tend to uh, really spend a lot early. And so I planned on kind of, uh, unless I felt I was getting a really good deal um, uh, or I, you know, I went after Christian Yelich, um, for the most part, I wanted to kind of play in the middle and have a fairly balanced team. Uh, it worked a little bit that way, but, I mean, as we talked about my team, uh, you'll see it didn't quite work exactly that way at the end. Uh, all right, well, let's get into some of those players. You mentioned Christian Yelich, $43, your cornerstone there. Um, remind us again who your first player was. So I was on a live stream the night before. Uh, a few guys in the industry, uh, Matt Williams, uh, uh, Michael Ojedo, uh, and um, Blanken. Uh, um, who else was on the live stream? Oh, uh, MLB Moving Average uh, uh, and... Uh, Corey, Corey something, uh, Seager. No, he was in there trolling you. (laughs) They, they were doing a live stream, uh, and kind of just BSing because, uh, you know, people were really sad about missing baseball. And I, I was doing my tout wars final prep and I was like, Oh, I'll just jump on it. And we, the final question of the live stream was what is one player you're getting shares of that? You know, you shouldn't. Like, that is just either a garbage player. Um, and, and all of them, like, half, they, they, they all gave answers like, 
oh, you know, this guy is a sleeper for me, and so I'm getting... That's not the question. The question is, which garbage player are you getting lots of shares of? Who should you stop drafting? Exactly. Like, there's no rationale for it. You you just continue to do it. And for me, it was Lewis Brinson. Um, And so we talked about it for a little while and joked around, and I I said uh, on the live stream that in honor of that conversation, uh, I would throw him out as my first throw. And so I was like the sixth or seventh person to throw a player and I threw Lewis Brinson out for a dollar and crickets. Nobody weird. Uh, I mean the there actually it wasn't crickets. It was a lot of people who were very Snake confused. Fish. Yeah, in the chat <laughs> making jokes. Oh uh, like in very interested to wonder what the strategy was behind it. Uh there you know Phil Hertz though said later in the auction he might have gone two dollars. Sure. That I mean there is a scenario where he could have um he's having another Another good spring, or he was, obviously, until it got uh, shut down. But I hate you for it. <laughs> now, you, did, you did get Will Myers. That mm-hmm. Maybe he does get outfield eligibility as well. So theoretically, that outfield uh, can be Will Myers, and you can take out Brinson and replace him with whatever, because that's your util spot. Um, but I, I also I, got Billy Hamilton in the reserve yeah, round and, uh, and Matt Beatty. Uh, I mean, the, the, I have plenty of, I have fallback options. I, I made right. sure I did for, for Myers and, and Brinson. Uh, but at the end of the day, like it's a dollar. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Uh, so, and, and the rest of my outfield is really nice with, with Christian Yelich, uh, at $43, you know, I paid kind of. I paid what I considered market value for him, uh, mm-hmm. but he's just so valuable, especially in on-base percentage, and uh, in, in what I consider the number one at least hitter in terms of in terms of value. Um, and then McCutcheon, who while he was supposed to miss the start of the season, now likely won't. He should be ready to go by the time uh, we you know actually start seeing games played. Uh, and then uh, Akiyama, who I, I felt was undervalued. Uh, Especially in OBP. Yeah, so... Yeah, How much the, did you pay for him? 14, I just paid 14? $14 on Akiyama, $18 on McCutcheon. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I, my outfield, I like a lot. My infield, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, you know, I'm definitely it's a bit Muncie short on... Muncie and a, and a band of goofs, perhaps. It perhaps. is. Uh, yeah. Well, no. I, like, I like the Cano one, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's just going to be in the middle of that Mets lineup um, and just going to be a stable producer. You got him at $9.00. Yep. I can imagine second base being pretty thin uh, in this league as well. So I, I kind of like that one a lot. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'd hope to really take advantage of some deals, and I did. I mean, Matt Carpenter at $13 in OBP, if he can rebound to anything that he was, that's going to end up being a steal. Cano, like you mentioned, uh, Alfaro is getting a discount because he, uh, uh, Jorge Alfaro getting a discount because he's injured. But again, he's, by the time we get games going around, he, his, uh, his oblique issue should be cleared up. So, uh, you know, I overpaid on, on a, a few guys in, in Justin Smoke and Max Muncy. Muncy because I like the multi-positional eligibility. Like, yeah, uh, I like Muncy too because, uh, OBP as well helps mm-hmm. him a lot. A lot. Yeah. So thirty bucks, I think, is fair. Yeah, I mean, in all the projections I've run, and I've run projections from a bunch of different sources on the league, uh, have me leading uh, on base percentage by a fair amount. So nice. Uh, I I feel like I'm a bit short on power, but I also feel like some of the projection systems don't uh, don't give you know Carpenter much power. Don't give 
uh, Cano as much power as I think both of them have, and obviously playing time for Smoke limits his power uh, projection. But I I think it's uh, it's definitely the offense is kind of a ragtag group, uh, but I think I got enough to compete. Uh, and then I think my pitching is is very very solid. Yeah, about that about that staff. So Paddock twenty two, Musgrove at thirteen. Um, a lot of relievers. I uh, I think my favorite pick of yours is Wade Miley at three dollars. Um, was that like right at the end of your draft? Was Miley a target for you? Uh, Miley is a guy that I've gotten a number of shares of because I think he's just going way too cheap. Uh, it was mostly price enforcing. Uh, someone threw him out at a dollar. He went to two. I had him as like a six dollar pitcher, mm-hmm. and like. Like I panicked because I was all like, you know, I wasn't. I was actually lining up to take Samarja with one of my last uh, uh, picks. Uh, Better. And I saw Wade Miley going for two dollars, and I mm-hmm. hit. I just panicked and kind of said, "No, no, he he's a six dollar pitcher in this format. He, you're not getting him for two. So I, I hit three, assuming can't remember who it was off the top of my head uh, that had been on. Assuming that they would go at least four. Right. Uh, yeah. And then crickets, and so I was like, okay, well, you know, we'll, you know, I can get Samarja, yeah. I can get Samarja later, or I can pivot. Uh, like I ended up doing the same exact thing with John Gray. Uh, Derek Cardi threw him out at three bucks, and I, I went, okay, he's a seven dollar pitcher at least in this format. Uh, and I, so I was like, you know, I'll make Cardi and money too. So I was like, I'll make Cardi go to five, uh, and at least you know, cut into his discount. And then he, he just couldn't do it. So. Uh, getting John Gray at four, Wade Miley at three, Daniel Hudson at uh, at at five, uh, Mark Melanson at eight, and then I kind of paired up some of the back or the the, the fill in options for Rossiel Iglesias when he loses his job, uh, kind of <laughs> kind of the backup guys. There isn't uh, so. So about that, though, I mean, this is something I don't know how I feel yet, um, but I've heard some discussion about it when it comes to relievers. There isn't enough time to lose their job necessarily. Like there might be some sort of argument right. to be made about a lot of these closers that, oh, you know what? They have the job early on. There, the season isn't going to be long enough for them to be losing their job in July, August, or whatever. It's good. That's already going to be the equivalent of September. So maybe you're okay going after Iglesias because they just, you know, there's no chance for them to lose their job. There's just no time for it. I, okay, right. Uh, I on on the flip side of that, some managers are going to be even quicker on the mm. trigger because losing games or losing individual games are going to have a bigger impact on the overall standings. Sure. So you can't mm. wait till a guy blows <laughs> four saves before you, you pull him out. You know, he blows two and you go, nah, I just got to go to the next guy because right. if we fall five games behind, it's, you know, falling sure. five games behind in July uh, is going to be a bigger, a much bigger deal if we're only playing a hundred games. Right, right, and you also got Lorenzen and and Garrett too. So you're really you're really banking in on Rizel, not uh, not figuring that one out. But I mean, I personally prefer Miley over Smarzja, especially. I mean, if you just look at it this way, if you think they're going to have relatively the same ratios and maybe strikeout production slightly more from Smarzja, I mean, the run, sorry, the runs for the Reds, uh, win totals is just already better. Um, True, I think innately for Miley. So I really like that at three dollars. Like Musgrove, thirteen dollars. Yeah. Uh, big fans on this podcast of of Joe Musgrove probably don't need to dive too deeply onto that. You got Mackenzie Gore at five bucks, obviously twelve team uh, only league. A prospect of that caliber is going to go 
pretty high. Five bucks actually not too bad though because there are expectations that he could be up relatively early into whenever the season starts. Obviously, putting a, a date on it doesn't make any sense at this point, but uh, you're thinking maybe a month max of waiting for him. Well, and who knows if we're actually even waiting. I mean, I don't know what the rules are going to be in terms of service time. That's in a, a great, in a, in That's a, a great call. In, yeah. You know, I mean, it could be the players' union is definitely going to fight for their guys to not not you know lose service time years uh because of this delay and i'm sure there will be some agreement worked out whether it's prorated or not but if it's prorated then we're talking about you know maybe two or three weeks before the Mm -hmm. service time uh issue is uh you know kind of resolved for him um or they could just go listen in a shortened season, we have forget a, it. Yeah, yep. let's just go for it. You know, if we can, you know, start out hot, let, let's let's just go for it. So, uh, I, and, I, and that team specifically, they showed last year in a full regular season that they were ready to put the pedal to the metal. So, in this topsy turvy world where they, you know, we could be playing a hundred games, maybe they just pedal to the metal again with uh, with Mackenzie Gore off the rip. And yeah, I mean, I I actually like jumped out of my seat and yelled when I got Mackenzie Gore. I was I <laughs> I, I I think I went back and forth on, with Tristan Cockroft on it, uh, and finally, and he he let it go at five because I wasn't gonna go above five bucks, uh, and I, I I was I was stoked, and I, I did a five and a half hour live stream, uh, which can be found over on YouTube or on Twitter. Um, it, my back hurt by the end of it, but it, <laughs> it was, it was a long, it was a long live stream, but, uh, people hung in for it and it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Um, well, I think the team, you know, if we play baseball, you've got, uh, you've got a team here that certainly is workable off the top. Obviously you'll be working on it as the season goes. You mentioned getting some of those Rice Glacius backups, Michael Lorenzen, $2, Amir Garrett as a reserve. I do like that. There are a lot of ways they could go, so it would be tough to know exactly who is the, the next guy up, but uh, I like Lorenzen a lot. Garrett is a lefty, but he's so good that uh, I, I could see them, especially if Cody Reed steps up and he's a real strong lefty for them too, because the main reason that they don't do it is um, that they don't want to take out their their lefty for the seventh inning when the big you know freddie freeman comes up to bat so right right uh, um, you know they have a lot of options there strope robert stevenson would be other options but i think lorenzen is the number one guy and that's why you paid a couple bucks for him josh rojas had a buck you know a lot of things that arizona did this year kind of curtailed his potential playing time but that sort of stuff can figure itself out real quickly you know you don't you don't beg for injury or anything but the injuries happen they just do and you know with the start stop our injuries going to go up when we when we do get going again like let's say this uh, late may thing does come to fruition let's say again things start to really turn positive trajectory i don't know that that's going to happen but if it did and we actually get to play in late may and they have to re-ramp but it's not it's kind of rushed do some of the minor injuries go up more and then somebody like uh uh, Josh Rojas in Arizona all of a sudden is, finds himself with playing time, even though he was cut off by the Marte move, uh, starring Marte by the Cole Calhoun pickup, um, even by the John Jay non-roster invite kind of cut kind of cut Rojas out. So, yeah, a lot of moves there. But for a buck, why not? Because if those moves hadn't happened, he's an eight dollar player minimum. Well, and then Eric Sogard for a dollar too. I felt yep. that was at the end of the. And he auction. does have playing time. Yeah, I mean he's 
roster resource has him being the leadoff guy, you know. Pl- Against righties. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, like, I was shocked to be able to get him for a buck uh, late in the auction when people still had some money. Um, you know, and then I took some shots on guys like uh, Nick Pavetta. <laughs> like, who knows? Reserve pick, why not? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> man, Pavetta. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't expect anything from him, but if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't uh, look good once the season starts, then I... I kind of drop him and I, I move on to someone else. But uh, I feel like I put together a fairly balanced team. Uh, I definitely am good in runs, on-base percentage, uh, and stolen bases. Uh, and then I have some work to do maybe in the power department. But uh, I can also, I've can also i also got a lot of saves, so I can also you know trade for power if need be. Yeah, it's a good squad. And like Fred Zinke's tra- in this league, so they'll be trading. So you know there'll be trades going on. Um Nick, any final questions on Justin's team before we get into our draft? I mean, I think it's pretty solid. I I think a lot of people don't realize that Daniel Hudson, if he does fix his uh, slider, be more of a whiff pitch. I think there can be some oh. more upside to get there. Um, at the same time, I mean, I think it's one of the funniest things is when I, uh, Baseball Savant put out their defensive run save for every pitcher, um, showcasing the the infield defense behind them and how it impacted them. Daniel Hudson was a double-digit positive when everyone wow. else was a single single digit negative or positive. It was just wow. like double the next guy, essentially is Daniel Hudson and then everyone else. So obviously there will be some regression there, but it's just a question. Um, it's kind of the question we had with Mike Miles Mikolas last year, right? Sure. Uh, is he we don't expect him to perform at this level again, but maybe he does get the strikeout way back and that messed up Mikolas, but maybe he won't mess up Hudson. Yeah, but like you said, with a really like Hudson, if he if he starts missing bats as a as a counter then it, it won't oh, matter. Oh man, so I 100% thought that was Dakota Hudson. So uh, we are oh. going to move past this. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. So, so Dakota's the one who got the major benefit. Yeah, yeah, because okay. the Cardinals and everything. Well, when you said slider as a right. whiff pitch, that's why oh, I didn't, man. I didn't buckle there because I'm like, well, yeah, Daniel Hudson, who? you know, could could amp his whiffs up even more. 23% oh, rate wasn't bad, but I think he has. <laughs> so that's why I was just going with it because I'm like that. that Yes, yes, you're saying the right things. Right. But uh, okay, so let's let's amend that there. You're talking yeah, about so, Soda Hudson got the major defensive benefit. Right. Um so I would have liked that for five dollars if you had gotten him at five dollars. <laughs> uh Daniel Hudson though. I like yeah, backup for backup for yeah, I do too. Uh Doolittle essentially. Uh we have no idea how long that's gonna last. Uh See, and I don't he think should he be the guy the right behind. Like uh, you know, when when Paul and I talked about this on the last episode which Nick obviously hasn't listened to. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think that Hudson will split time, if not be the kind of go-to guy at the end of games because they're, they trusted him in the World Series. Like, if he they trusted him when it mattered most, then they would should likely trust him, uh, especially in shortened season, when it matters. So uh, I think Hudson, at worst, splits uh, split saves. Uh, to start and uh, at best is the is the closer uh, on opening day whenever that is. So so you never really know. I mean, and with that same thought process, haters shouldn't be closing for the Brewers. Um. So so I mean, I don't. I, well, it could be a situation if Doolittle does go down, then all of a sudden it's Hudson. Hater might not necessarily be closing for right. long because this gives Kniebel more time to get. Yeah, back. sure. I think yeah. that's silly. I mean, I, I almost it, bought Kniebel. Uh, Lenny Melnick threw him out for a buck, and I almost paid the two, uh, or maybe it was three. I think ended up being, uh, or would have needed to be. Uh, 
to, to get Kniebel, but I just don't. I mean, Kniebel had such control and command issues. Sure. Nice coming off of Tommy John. We have no idea how the rehab process is going to go right. uh, with, with baseball being kind of shut down right now. So I, I I think Hader is about as safe as they come. Obviously, we learned last well, year with Trinan and Diaz that no closer is safe. Um, I think he's safe because even if he doesn't close, he's a monster. Yeah, that's true. Right. That's right. why I have trust yeah. in Hayter. And, and so. it could this also could be just an organizational thing. Maybe the Brewers like, no, our best guy, we're going to put him in as a closer. Nationals could be, hey, Daniel Hudson, we need you all the time. Um, yeah. So we could definitely see how that how that goes there. Let's move on to the head to head auction. Uh, so the head to head points league auction. So the way the scoring works. Um, it's a little bit more favorable for hitters. Um, in fact, let me get something real quick here, and then we'll get into yeah. the next team. It, it's weird. It's no whip. There's no hits allowed or walks allowed mm-hmm. uh, for pitchers, which is mind-blowing. Um, and actually, we, I remember seeing Robbie Ray go for double digits. Yep. Um, and he, he was someone really that high. I was like, okay. I think everyone's projection system was like, oh, he should be much elevated because – uh, plenty elevated because of that. You know, you're not going to get that 130 whip dinged against you. Didn't also met with someone we were considering going mm-hmm. in on because of it. Um, so the reason look. we, right, right, the reason we right. didn't go with Lamette was um, it's also a quality start league a bit. Um, Ten for wins. I think it was three for a quality start extra. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lamette, I'd argue, doesn't get a lot of those. Maybe it could have been the Tommy John last year that the Padres were a little bit more cautious. But just the way that he is, quote unquote, Professor Chaos. Uh, to me, just means that he's not an efficient pitcher is what why I say that. Same with Eduardo Rodriguez. So I don't think of them as guys that could get more consistent quality starts, but I could see Robbie Ray doing that a little bit more. Just to give you a quick idea, folks, with regards to the points, the projected points, because we did this on fan tracks, of the top 50 players, only four are starting pitchers. So that's just kind of where we're at with, yeah. with the, the way the points work. And... Um, That'll be pertinent when we discuss my team. But let's start with Nick's team. He's the newcomer. So welcome to Tout Wars. Well-deserved. Glad to have you. Um, as you kind of looked over everything with the with the way the point setup is and the fact that it's head-to-head, how did you uh, how did you set up your game plan? And then we'll talk about how that, how that was mean, executed. So obviously we can't mention that without um, trying to figure out how we work in with our projections, just how the season's going to work itself. Sure. Um, so... Innately, all I did really was just change it so that the games played for anyone that like was injured that expected to be okay. Just added them as if they had a full season instead of bringing everyone's at bats down. I just assumed for certain guys as a full season, then there'll be the rate stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an argument to be made, and I don't know how I feel necessarily. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Um, when you essentially be go by like DFS rules, I mean, if you take anything from like okay, we want 300 games or just one game. I uh, it's much more random, and the, the importance of necessarily a high-quality batter gets smaller because because uh, it's a lot, it's more to chance than it is just if you play 300 games, and the high-quality batter will produce more. Um, so the idea that, let's say it's a shortened season of 100, 120 games, something like that, the impact of, a, of an elite hitter is lessened um, relative to the middle of the field. Is, is that something that you think in these drafts should be taken into account? I don't think I did. Um, but it was something that I was thinking about consistently with us. You know, I don't think I took it into account either, but that is really interesting. Um, it could really, we could see a lot of craziness because uh, there won't be as much time for regression to play out. Right. 
Exactly. So some guys can go wild. No, it could go the other way. Like where start well, I guess the things could be in the middle. You could have a meaty mid tier player who goes off and, and regression never catches him, and then a star player who gets off to a bad start and doesn't have enough time to catch back up. Right. So we'll see a lot of that. Um, there just won't be as much time for things to kind of smooth out. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. So, but so I didn't take yeah, it into account. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I, I, you can't really. I mean, like Brian LaHare all of a sudden becomes an all-star or something, right? For his like two, three months that he had. Like, well, that's the season. There you go. Uh, Emilio Bonifacio and his ridiculous April back yes, in the day. Yes, you know? calling out the great names. Chris uh, Shelton so, so, yeah. in April <laughs> many moons ago. Right, Um the Vargas rule lasts for the entire season. Yes. Um, so it never it, really blown up for you. <laughs> so it's kind of crazy. Um, you know, then of course on the other side of that, Paul Goldschmidt, maybe he doesn't actually recover fully. That's exactly what uh, I was for thinking that year. Of, by the way. Um, Josh Donaldson also that one year. Um, he really needed that second half We'd to have really been save right the about season. Matt Carpenter, Justin. Right. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> we'd have actually been right because he would have so, never had time to turn that around with the. Uh, with that amazing second half. So, yeah. But the I guess the tough part as far as implementing it is we don't know who those guys are. Exactly right. Or so, an in-season analysis type thing as so, opposed to something that you take into the draft. Yeah. The only the only thing I would um, maybe consider, and I don't think I did again, um, anyone that you would label as a streaky player, I would mm-hmm. more so avoid. And I, I guess like the Jay Bruce's of the old or... I don't really know who it is. Those types of guys, though, those those power guys who can get electric for six weeks at a time, and then they're impossibly bad for another three, four weeks after that. Um, Guys like Miguel Sano. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's someone I took. (laughs) I know. That's why I said. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, I love Miguel and and Gallo. (laughs) You you took as well. Yeah, you have two. You have two of them who who could pop. This is true. Again, it could work the right way too, where they the regression doesn't catch up because the season's so short. So, so so um, I got to know at three dollars though. So I mean, that was which was dumb. And it's an OBP league, um, essentially. I mean, walks are the same as hits. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, we treated it like that. Um, I think oh, personally, my takeaway from this, yeah, I mean, it was at the end, there were three guys that were for us like 15 to $18 values. Um, Edwin and Carnacion, we had at 14, who we got, got for $3. Three. Yeah. Um, there was also Eduardo Escobar still out there that again, we could have gotten for that amount if yep. we waited because what happened in it was the, money for the max bids went down fast. So fast, dude. Unbelievable. I mean, what all my last picks, like I had $6 left and I had two players remaining and max bid of three. And I noticed that no one else had a max bid above three. Yeah. You so did I could have the pick that, of my jerk. So I could get the pick of my litter or the litter of who I wanted so I threw out Luke Weaver at $3 so that this guy right here Cut couldn't get him. Me <laughs> off. And he, the thing is, he was like the tier. Like there was, it was Weaver was the only yeah, one Nick, left. I had a list <laughs> too. <laughs> um, and I, I debated really hard about my last one. It was Mitch Keller at three just because I felt that if he did go off, I would have just been so upset if I didn't have him. Yeah. So, but there are definitely a couple others. You got Josh Limblum in the reserve that I kind of beat myself over not getting. Because, again, quality starts. I think he's going to get a lot of them. Um, wins with the Brewers. I feel it's Woodruff and Lindblom after watching Lindblom's spring training start. Those are the two guys the Brewers are going to say, go pitch 90 to 100 yep. uh, pitches every game. Do your thing. And then the other guys, how is it they, they're going to micromanage uh, um, Peralta and uh, maybe Corbin Burns, Eric Lauer. All that. I, I know there's someone else in that mix, too, that I'm forgetting. Um, Adrian Hauser, did you say? Yep. 
But I there's someone else. I I think I maybe it. not. It. Maybe it's just Anderson, Lauer actually being injured. Anderson. Uh, oh, Brett Anderson. Elder. Yeah. Yeah, he's the one I'm forgetting. Well, I, actually, threw like 180 innings last year. Crazy. Right. Though. Good for like him. The though. first time in ever. Staying healthy. Uh, Good for him. Crazy. Um. But uh. But so I mean that was that was the mentality a little bit at the end there. But I yeah I kind of went the middle road. I got Bryce Harper my first. Um. Was happy to get him against again OBP. So he was in our top ten as far as hitters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt okay at 37. Um, I obviously that was higher than what we had, but you got, you know, you have to you made up pay for, for it later. Then yeah. you have to get value later. You know, that's kind of how these things work. As you guys obviously know, we really wanted Rizzo OBP again and also stable production. Were Definitely overpaid at 29. What's that? Was this working with fast? You well, yeah, we, we game made... plan beforehand. Okay. Um, and everything. So, and obviously like on discord, talking to him, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, but, uh, so Rizzo was there, Gallo at 21, we felt pretty cool with, um, again, OBP, not, not fully of course, but nevertheless, but just the way the, the score, yeah. is. um, you know, one I really liked and, and again, like the frame, the framing of this, I don't want to be suggesting that anything with Corona is positive. It's not, this all fucking blows so bad, but one of the I'm things that we talked about this. Was the what you cursed not going on my podcast? Get it already wasn't. You know, I know I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I'm, I'm gonna put one of ours up in a long time. Um, I'm so kidding. one of the silver, you know, one of one of the ways the valuation changes is those injured guys we talked about. Right. So you getting Suarez at 19, I thought was incredible because he was already tracking pretty well. Now right. I don't know that he'll miss us. A second. Like, oh no! Gonna... There's there's a great interview with him talking. I mean, essentially they were playing for him to miss a week um, yeah. into the season. No there's chance. A, I mean, just for entertainment purposes, Google. Um, I feel great. Eugenio Suarez. It's the best with Jim Day. Um, it's the funniest interview uh, with okay. Eugenio Suarez. And the thing is, too, we actually had him. Okay, we had limited at bats on him, and then we put in. Oh no, let's put him like everyone else. And then all of a sudden he projected up to like twenty four dollars in this league. Yeah. Um, so we were we were pretty happy with that. Obviously, there's a risk of the shoulder still having any effect, however long it is. Sure. Sure. Um, so true. I I don't know if we necessarily bake that in. I got my nineteen. Um, but I'm glad you like that one. Uh, we might have overspent on Marcus Sabian. For us, that was on value. But I'm also really high on Sabian. Also believe Thanks. in his play discipline skills to add the walk rate to last year, uh, and also low strikeouts with a high walk rate is also really good because then it hits. And walk. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just it's putting stuff in play is just generally better than striking. Of course, let's let's, let's listen to Suarez here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he was dancing. Don't do that again, please. Please. He's like it's so giddy. It's a two, it's a two minute and ten. It's clip. amazing. He's just but smiling I'll, the I'll entire put, time. Yeah, he is. He is like. He cannot wait to get out there. I bet he was begging uh, right. David Bell to play before you know before they're ready to put him out there. But uh, so yeah, Suarez at nineteen was insane. Your offense is is really powerful, and you got a lot of great players here. Like five hundred something points is is a really good mark, and you have four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'll give Sano. I'll give Sano the tenth because he's at four ninety nine. You have ten guys with at least five hundred points projected nice. in your offense, which is pretty pretty freaking nice to, to so, uh just for me i have three four five six so four more than i do which is nice so that's all right there we got, go see i've won over sport already it's well i have done. four 
but I have four over six, over 600 <laughs> and you only have one. So there you go. Right. Of course. Exactly. Um, well, yeah, you spent, I, I mean, you have the entire the Colorado roster. I got five um, Rockies. <laughs> you, you were in on Herman Marquez too. Um, but I, but no, otherwise I, I think I also got deals on VR and Mondesi. I think people were too scared of the steals um, mm-hmm. and not focusing enough on power there, which I understand. I think I essentially gained both of those for 22. Uh, I was really happy with, I understand the scares of, Hey, Mondesi strikes out too much. He doesn't walk a lot. At the same time, you're still projecting a lot of people are projecting 15 home runs and 40 plus stolen bases. But there isn't this a league, minus for strikeouts. Like you, you don't lose anything for strikeouts. Yeah, right. There isn't. So it exactly. doesn't matter. Right. Um, and it's four, four for home runs, two for stolen bases. So essentially, if you take those 40 and convert that into 20 home runs, and that's a 35 home run guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, just trying to put very simply into points. Obviously, that's not exactly how I'm basing this, but that's where it translates a bit to that. So I, I was happy. I, I didn't expect to get Monacy. just kind of fell in there. VR at seven was one of those like, oh, OK, fine. We were going to spend on Moustakis or Muncy, but never mind. We'll just take that instead. Um, so it kind of just fell together a bit. I, I, I do wonder if I slightly overpaid for Fran Mill race, if I needed to go for that at 13 and that would have opened up some more things, uh, pitching wise. Cause I mean, Frank did a great job. Frank Stanfield, uh, Montas price and Bumgarner. I think he spent under 20 for the three of them, which is so good. And really good. I, I remember at the end of that draft, I was hoping to get at least one of those three. And he just kept going that extra dollar a bit on top of me. So there were some, yeah, there were some pitcher prices that were like, dang, oh, if I had a few more bucks there, Montas right? was six. Uh, let's see, price was five. And who was the other one you mentioned? Bumgarner, I think, at six. And Bumgarner at six as well. Yeah, yeah pretty, pretty nasty. So good, especially with price in this. And we're worried about the innings with him. Uh, he's going for the Dodgers, a quality start league too. Mm-hmm. 10 points for wins in this. I mean, that is such a great buy. So uh, I was really jealous about those for him. I think I overspent $18 on Wheeler. Looking back, I'm like, ah, if I didn't do that, probably, then yeah, Com- I could comparatively. Have those. Generally but speaking, I, no. But but when you compare it to those three players I right. just mentioned, yes. I mean, at the same time, then I got Gray at thirteen and Gallon at ten, which I'm very happy with. Sunny um, was able to right, th- good good call there. I Carlos Carrasco at six. I don't know if I love just because I could have gone those other ones, and oh. it's it is the delayed season, which does amplify his value a bit because he has more time to heal and everything. So there, you know, I'm not necessarily upset about it, but at that time, I could have waited out for price or something like that instead. Very close there. Um, Carlos Martinez at six, I'm happy with. Also got two closers because why not at $6 Norris and $10 Brad Hand. Brad Hand, sure. I think, was my first uh, pitcher at <laughs> uh, $10. So, I mean, that, that's very, most of I'm very my interested draft. in your pitching, Nick, because you're a, t- you're a 12 team guy. This is a 12 team yeah. league, correct? So, this is your wheelhouse. And part of your strategy, at least in drafts, has been don't pay for pitching. Because right. you feel like you can cycle and you feel uh, like you know the player pool well enough that you can you can find the gems. And you definitely did that. Definitely. But then there's guys, like you said, like Zach Wheeler and Sonny Gray uh, that are a little bit more expensive. And I don't really see a ton of guys you're necessarily going to want to jettison off your roster. Yeah, uh, that's a Like you point. traditionally have. Right. So, again, yeah, I do regret that Wheeler pick. Um, at the same time... I essentially, yeah, I would jettison, um, but uh, I mean, I still have my reserves a bit that I can. 
Um, and this is also a weekly league, so I can, you know, with those reserves, essentially then go through, and then if it's a good two start from someone else, I can do that. Um, but I, I felt, I felt essentially there was enough value with pitchers that I could just keep going for. I still need to fill up the night in slots anyway. And by the end of it, in Keller, Weaver, um, Carrasco, Martinez, Neris, none of them over $6. Like that's essentially that plan, but it just happens to be guys that are good. I, um, but yeah, I could have, I, right. I could have not spent $18 on Wheeler, who is my, I think my second pitcher, uh, and then had that more of his open spot and spent that $18 on hitting and that in retrospect, I would have liked a lot more, but at that time I didn't know how much of the value would be there at the end. And if he'd be able to have a staff, I'd be happy with. I'm, I'm looking forward to the day that someone does a Labadini, uh, mm-hmm. in this league, because I feel like this is, it's perfectly set up for it. Paul I almost did it. Yeah, you I, almost I did it. Hater. I really like your team, uh, because of, uh, of kind of how little you spent on pitching. And I, I was, I was thinking about it and, um, yeah, that was that was that was in my mind, and uh, and then I really wanted Hater, and I, I overpaid for him a little bit, but uh, it was definitely something that I was considering as far as a a Labadini plan goes. For those that don't know, that was a nine dollar pitching staff that he did, Larry Labadini, many moons ago, and um, I believe he won the league with it. Correct? No, he finished just short. I mean, oh, he finished okay. like second or third, but everybody projected him to finish dead last when he yeah. did it uh, and people were oh, shocked it. when he was able to pull up. I mean, it's, it's virtually, I mean, I haven't, like I said, I haven't looked at my Gianella's team, but it, I mean, same type of idea of what yeah. Gianella did, uh, except for not having to invest in the $1 starters. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I really like your strategy, Paul. I mean, Nick, I think you as well put together a really, really strong team uh, that should compete I do worry about the streakiness of some of your guys and in a sure. head-to-head format where you're gaining wins based on weeks uh, that you could have some, like you could crush people certain weeks and then just fall just short a lot of other weeks and that yeah. leaves you out of the playoff race. Yeah, yeah, that would suck. I don't want that. Some weeks he's, yeah, he's going to absolutely <laughs> devastate people. You're, you're, you're right, that's definitely going to be part of it. But it, overall, it is a good crew and it's certainly a workable foundation that uh, that, that obviously you, you'll be tweaking throughout the year. Uh, let's go ahead and move over to my team. Yeah. I did go stars and scrubs with um, the hitting being the stars and the scrubs being the pitching. Hater's my only guy close to costing anything on the pitching side. Um, the next highest pitcher cost, I think, was $4, $3, Sandy Alcantara. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Jack Dashwood, by the way, Justin is Shohei Otani. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I heard you on uh, on Sirius this morning talking it uh, over with <laughs> with Chris and, and Jeff uh, over on uh, from RotoWire. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love this team. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it's, Thank you. Uh, it's very similar to what I would do if I was still in, uh, in the league. I mean. Getting, it's the reverse of what you did when the points were different. Yes, well, but right, they—I right. mean, they—they they say they didn't change the point format based on what I did, but it's—it's it's hard for me to believe that, and my ego won't let me. Um, <laughs> so, but Soto, Arenado, Story, Kettle Marte, Blackman, uh, Hira, uh, Garver, Seager, Voit. 
Like, that offense. And even the $2 on Andrew McCutcheon, $3. Like, I don't like David Dahl. Yeah, McCutcheon. And, like, I don't really like Dahl either. $3 on Dahl. I Colorado theme going. A dollar on Ryan McMahon. I mean, <laughs> this offense is straight up legit. And uh, do they still do the weird scoring where you get points for winning offense, points for winning uh, yes. pitching, and then yes. points for the overall Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I think you're going to win hitting and overall every week, and that should and easily get you into the playoffs. And that's exactly what I'm going for, and spike some pitching. Uh, my reserve, by the way, is Ian Happ, Josh Lindblom, Julio Tehran, Nate Pearson, Daniel Murphy, Nico Goodrum. Nick's is Jordan Montgomery, Carter Keboom, Cole Hamels, Domingo Santana, Wade Miley, and Taiwan Walker. And that's the order they went, so Wade Miley went way cheap there. I was definitely looking at him, kept looking, kept looking, kept letting him go. So it was my fault for letting him last so long. But um, yeah, and we both took a prospect in Keyboom and Pearson. So yeah, I think, you know, we, we, went, we went about it a little bit different ways, but uh, I'm really excited for how these teams, I think we're both looking at the same type of idea though. He's also, Nick's also looking to win hitting uh, often and, and the overall, his pitching is just a little bit more stable with the Carrasco, Gallon, Sonny Gray, Seamart, Luke Weaver, Zach Wheeler, Hand, and Naris type guys uh, backing him up. Well, yeah, your pitching is atrocious, but it, it should it's be comically Yeah, I mean, let's run it down real quick. It's Sandy Alcantara, Yanni Trinos, J Hab, Josh James, Diego Castillo, Josh Hader, Rice Iglesias, AJ Puck, and Jack Dashwood, the God, aka Shohei Otani, <laughs> the pitcher only. So, um, and yeah, but I'm going to be churning too. And it's a 12 team. So a lot of these guys are going to get replaced and there's going to be people who emerge. And I did this pretty much last year. And like I said, I was, I was in the mix. I didn't win, but I was in the mix and I think it's a winnable strategy. And and unlike other tout leagues, you guys can change your rosters on Fridays, mm -hmm. which was something that was huge for me because I streamed so many two-start pitchers when I was in that league. Uh, I mean, I was pretty much just that's all I was grabbing. I had like three roster spots where I was just churning two-star guys into the league uh, every week. And it, I mean, I assume both you guys will, will do something similar uh, because uh, unfortunately, I mean, it's a much different league in terms of the, the members than when I was in. Uh, I mean, other than I think Paul and, and Jake and Clay, uh, Jake Seeley and Clay Link, uh, I think pretty much the entire league is different from when I played a few years ago in that mm-hmm. format. But uh, it was notorious that people wouldn't change their rosters on Fridays like they could, um, and I and I really took advantage. So if you guys can take advantage of that, you guys uh, should be able to set yourselves up really well. I plan to indeed. And uh, with Nick, Jack Dashwood, yeah, I was debating that. Like I had it was Weaver and Keller were the two guys at the end, and I was sat there with Keller. I was like, but I could get Otani. He'll be totally healed. He'll probably go once a week. It's just the problem of I imagine there'll be weeks when I just get like it's a maximum of one start and that's, I don't know when. Part. Also, there'll be certainly be weeks where we just like Monday shows up and they're like, oh, you know what? Actually, we're going to sit Otani this week. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't want to deal with that. So I mean, I love that you went pitching. for it. No, but you were so, doing yeah. the right thing. It's exactly the right pick you should go for. Uh, and I saw you got like, Ah, yeah. OK. But um, and so I like that one a lot. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, I'm excited for the squad. Um, I, I think it's a, I think it's a competitor for sure. If not, uh, if not a potential league winner, I, obviously hard to say now. We, 
everything's thrown into chaos because we don't know exactly how it's going to go with uh, when the league starts. But I think we both got some good teams here. And that NL team that you've got, Justin, uh, I don't think either of us, uh, any of the three of us like really have a team that's like, I'm in deep trouble right now. I think a lot of things right. are kind of working in our favor. And it's ideally, you know, it's hard to really come out of an auction where you think like, oh, I totally, totally botched this. We've all had it probably at different times. But I don't think that is the case for the three of us right now. So I'm excited to see how it goes. Uh, so Tout Wars is in the books. Um, Nick, I know you're going to be playing MLB The Show. Uh, but what else are you guys doing to kind of stay busy and stay uh, baseball focused when you're not putting out stuff for Friends of Fantasy, Fantasy Benefits, Pitcher List, Fangraphs? What are you guys doing on your when you're, when you're off the clock a bit? Yeah, so um, I mean – Outside of that stuff, I mean, obviously we're going to be doing a lot of stuff with our PL Plus stuff on the Discord. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a plan uh, starting opening day that I don't want to necessarily reveal, but okay. it's essentially okay. what we should be doing. And it'll be going through as long as this lasts. So uh, we're still going to have fun with it. We have this massive community, so we're just going to do a ton of things. We're, we're talking about doing tournaments of like Magic the Gathering and Rock, Paper, Scissors oh, and God, chess and everything Magic and giving away free shirts and stuff. I mean, we'll oh, figure this out. You know um, what? Know what I want so, to promote? Yeah, what do you got? Hang on, let me look it up. <laughs> I was part of I was part of a a really fun contest mm -hmm. uh, by Pierre Bequet over at ESPN. It's called Project Goat, and it's a really dope project that he did where he got a bunch of us and told us create your best fantasy team ever from the in the in the fantasy era from 1980 on okay. the restrictions were no more than one player per team or per season so okay. th those are your restrictions you have to put you know one season and you have to use x number no more than six players per decade either so sure. um i think it would go five 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 six is the, is the breakdown of the decades mm -hmm. so you guys could do that and it's a lot of fun um now there there was there were I'll send you guys the article. It was it was a lot of freaking fun, and you could add some different things to it to make sure that people don't just read this and do what was done to win it. But it's a really cool thing to do, and there's so many different spins that could be put on it. Right, um, right. That that were just it was awesome. I had so much fun going through figuring out my team. I didn't I didn't win, uh, but I also wasn't last, and that's really what was, was really it? My you goal. know, last. You know, was last. You know, was um, he was not last originally, and then the spin was that Pierre let one person redo it with the answer key to see if they could win. Here's what the other eleven teams did. Now, can you win? And um, uh, because I think it was the person who finished last. Sure. So then he beat that. Then he did win, and you know, fell to last. So uh, oh no. no. <laughs> so that 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 it happens. happens. I, I was uh, I was third to last, so it's not. I'm not. I'm not talking trash. <laughs> that course, was in the I, that was in the second phase. I think I was like fifth from last in in the first original run. But but just but just to sum everything like that. I mean, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do a lot of things. I mean, it, mm -hmm. we have so much opportunity here with this with the community that we have here, and I we're going to stay safe, stay entertained, you know, and continue. I mean, I'm gonna do more stuff on Twitch. I'm wondering if I'm just gonna play like doom eternal comes out in four days like why, why not man? what if i just switch doom eternal whatever you absolutely <laughs> can i mean right and then talk why? baseball as we do that so we're gonna, exactly. we're gonna figure this out we're, we're, we're gonna figure it out everyone needs to stay safe though the you know i know people are you know kind of 
memeing the term social distancing, but it makes a lot of sense. Like, don't don't go out unnecessarily. Right, don't. You're not entitled to going out uh, just because you've got some cabin fever. Read a book. Um, you know, uh, watch movies. Do stuff. J- Justin, you just watched the show that you want to uh, hype up, so I'll give you a second to do that. But, like, we're going to get through it, y'all. This stinks. We all know that. We can all acknowledge that losing sports, which is so important to so many of us, um, it's a huge bummer. And that kind of tells you how serious it is, though, because even with all the other previous things, the swine flu and and all that sort of different stuff, it never got to this level. That tells you that we're in something serious, that everything is shut down. But we will get through it. Uh, but like, we'll, we'll close on Justin recommending a show that he said he loved. Go ahead, Justin. Uh, yeah, so me and my wife uh, and my brother-in-law, we streamed a show on Amazon Prime uh, called Hunters. Uh, it is fantastic. It's about uh, just a group of Nazi hunters in the 1970s hunting, uh, you know, former Nazis that had been hidden in the United States. Uh, you know, obviously it's fictional, but actually based on some, uh, you know, real life history. Uh, wow. So it's uh, it, fantastic. Al Pacino is the star, uh, mm-hmm. kind of the leader, a bunch of other people you, you'd kind of know, and then obviously some unknowns. Uh it, yeah, really, really good. Highly recommend it. I, I, we finished it in like four days. Oh wow! Uh, it's like crazy. We, we just uh, started binge watching it, and uh, it's been great. Um, you know, content wise, uh, I've got a series of articles that should be coming out. Maybe the first one today uh, or tomorrow. That. So great, great yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to give away the premise. No, but, no, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Don't you dare. Get, just change the one thing that we <laughs> talked about. That article that it's already I changed. You. It's, it's, okay, then, yeah, then it will fantastic. be. It will be live when you hear this pod. Then go look. Yeah, so, so I'll be so I'll be running that series as long as we don't have baseball, mm-hmm. uh, and finishing it whenever opening day actually arrives. Uh, so hopefully people uh, enjoy enjoy that uh, over on uh, Rotographs. Uh, I've been doing a lot of live streaming. Did uh, like I said, five and a half hour live stream of my Tat Wars auction. Uh, whenever the main events come, I will do my uh, I will do live stream for that. And I'm just gonna start doing more and more live streams and incorporate different people in the industry. Uh, so should be should be a lot of fun on you know tgfbi.com friendsoffantasybenefits.com uh, and yeah that, that's, I think that's about it. All right, stay safe, y'all. We'll be talking in the future. Take care. <laughs>